The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave yeah, Campbell's I Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 54th birthday today. Happy birthday to Dr. Dre. Sure. Uh, my number one ranked medical professional. That's that's fair. Absolutely, that's, uh, that's what you, what fair. what is his doctorate in? <laughs> Thugonomics. That was John uh, Cena. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a big. I can. I often get Dr. Dre and John Cena confused. Yes. Uh, uh, medicinal pharmaceuticals. <laughs> I'm into that. Beatology. Yeah. Uh, first four through the door: Josh Chapa, Rob Hadaway, Misael Romero, Kevin Higginbotham. Yeah, I didn't do that. On Friday? Yeah, well, I didn't think you would. I was too confused. Confu- there's one too many bits. For I assume you, to you yeah. flipped on the Switch, said hello, and then played the video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not not totally inaccurate. And yeah. then, to cap it all off, if you listen to the very end of the podcast, oh. you get a very special <laughs> special treat, which is me hitting the wrong button and like replaying the video. I'm like, oh, no, no. Oh, <laughs> God, no. <laughs> ah, and, ah. Then, and then you hear like the intro, like the outro yeah. music start playing, yeah. but you can still hear like Max, Tom, Max talking in the yeah. background because I didn't know how to stop it. That's awesome. It all went terribly wrong Good there job. at the end. Thank you. Good <laughs> job. I tried very hard. And sitting to my right, the crushing sadness to my QPR, our West Ooh. African prince, it's Ishmael Johnson. Yeah, I was in here watching that match with you last Friday. Yeah. It was, it it was, was sad great. great time. <laughs> yeah. This is my favorite. <laughs> Especially because like, they they really had a shot to win. And Yeah. yeah. It would have been better if they'd come out and just like 3 nothing and just get their teeth kicked in. Right. But instead... They were like one shot away the whole game, mm-hmm. and like they just couldn't put it on net. So uh, feel bad for me. <laughs> uh, today is Monday, February eighteenth, two thousand and nineteen. Uh, Two hundred eighty-three days until Thanksgiving. Episode seven ten seven ten. Billy samples OPS. Oh, seven ten. Illustri- I'm way off. Yeah, what are you? No. Yeah, that's seven oh nine. You were gone on seven oh nine. No, it was. I had it on seven oh seven, and so I assumed you had. Ah. Been, either way, we're mm. way behind. It's yeah, all right. Seven. Right. T- I've got seven ten. Right, whatever. I believe you. I had to go check. Uh, 710, Billy Samples, OPS, and his Lester Sex Stranger's career, 675 games from 1978 to 1984. On today's show, guys, we are going to continue our series of college football post-mortems, uh, continuing with the uh, the Houston Cougars. Uh, the Houston Cougars, who I would say did not have a bad year, but probably had uh, one of the more disappointing years uh, in, in Texas. So we will get to the Cougars, what went right, what went wrong, and what is ahead uh, for uh, the mighty Cougs. And then... Back half of the show. Special guest. We're going to go time traveling. We're going to go back in time an hour uh, and uh, talk to the head coach, the new head coach of the El Paso Hanks Knights. Uh, We're going to be joined by Coach Jason Blair uh, because, do you get it? Because they're in mountain time. Yep. Anytime I book a guest in mountain time, I always have to, like, I always have to clarify, like, hey, it's going to be 1115 mountain. Yeah. 1215 
Central, which I imagine they are just very used to, right? Sure, sure. They've got to be used to the fact that, like, the the time zone thing. Especially because it's like, it's Mount. It's not. It's not Pacific. No. So it's not. They don't know. But they probably don't know enough people in their time zone to be like, you know, I usually am, uh, they're. Con- I'm gonna offend an entire. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna uh, offend oh, an oh, entire quarter oh, of the. Uh, Greg of, Tepper of has the, the floor. <laughs> uh, mountain time zone. Easily the fourth ranked of the major time zones. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I, I unless you're like, talking to someone like in that time agree, zone, we all agree Central is God's time zone, God, right? In the words of the words of Stephen Godfrey on podcast, ain't play nobody. <laughs> right. Central time zone is God's time zone. <laughs> then I'd probably go Pacific. Pacific is underrated. Then I'd go Eastern. Then I'd go Mountain. Yeah. Here's my only thing, man. Eastern's brutal. Eastern's Eastern's tough, brutal. Man. Eastern's it's brutal. tough. It's I. It might be worse than Mountain. Really? Yeah, Mountain is. Now you lived in you lived in Eastern. I'm I telling w- you, man, a game starting at like nine fifteen. Yeah, that's at weird. Night is that's weird. Brutal. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, brutal. I, I, I get Tuesday it. Well, I or whatever. S- I will say, like, especially when it comes to like us, I feel like watching soccer on the West Coast would suck. Oh my gosh! Like four a.m. Yeah, I that's cannot, the same. I cannot yeah. even imagine. Uh, so like breakfast football, I don't it, know how much I would be really, into breakfast football. It just depends what you're into. I mean, there's already games that kick off at like six forty-five, right? Right, and that's early. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. Um, didn't we go to um? What was that? A World Cup match? We yeah, went, yeah. What yeah. time? What time was that at? Five. We were, we were there at uh, four in the morning, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's France and uh, somebody. If uh, I remember Austra- no, God, it was the Socceroos. Yeah. It, yeah, I think it was Australia. We over the London. France, Australia. We, yeah, had, Australia. We, had a, we had a team trip over there yeah. for the last World Cup. Yeah, yeah it was about 4 o'clock, yeah. 5. Yeah. Anyway, that's a bad time zone. Yeah. France. See, that's the thing. Or, I'm sorry, what, where, was it, where was the World Cup? Russia? Yes, it was yes. Russia. But it Russia. Was, I, I would bad, s- bad time zone. <laughs> bad time zone, Russia. I w- but I would say that is the one redeeming fact. If you're a soccer fan, the East Coast is great. That's fair. You, yeah. You get to sleep in, man. Yeah. You, you get know, that, like that you extra hour is brutal when you're talking and about 5 hor- and 6 o'clock. It's horrific for yeah. soccer on yeah. the West Coast. Yeah, it just seems bad. But, like, the thing, the cool thing about the West Coast, when I've worked in the West Coast or had office hours over there, it would be like the night's games would be tipping off at happy hour when you left work. Mm. Yeah. You'd like, go get drinks with your coworkers at, like, mm-hmm. 5, 10, and yeah. all the games are going already. Right. That's and pretty. by the time they're over, you've got, like, another two hours of your night to go. Pack 12 after dark is yeah. just the nightcap. Yeah. Like right. <laughs> it's right. just 8 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I, think I've, I think I've said this before, but um, my wife's second favorite college football team is, is Hawaii. Yeah. Right. Because it's always the game that's on last. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, let's uh, let's get into uh, what we're actually. That was that was uh, forty minutes of time zone talk. Yeah. Um, let's get into the uh, the Houston Cougars. Our college football postmortems continue our series, uh, looking at uh, what went right, what went wrong, and what's ahead for all twelve FBS teams in the Lone Star State. We have reached the Houston Cougars. Um, overall, look, you know, eight and five is not what they had in mind. I think that this was a a, a team that came in with expectations to be the best team in Texas and to be a team that uh, could challenge for a New Year's Six Bowl and could challenge UCF in the AAC. Um, but it all kind of fell apart in a big way. I mean, they lose yeah. they lose in week three to Texas Tech. Okay, on the road, Power 5 team, that's happens. fine. It happens. Um, but they entered that game uh, after, after South Florida. They entered November mm-hmm. um, at, uh, what is that, at, at I guess that would be three and one or uh, six and one, seven and one. Yes. They were seven and one yeah. heading into that, and, and things were kind of looking good uh, for the Cougs. Uh, and then uh, lost to SMU, lost to Temple. Uh, they beat Tulane, mm-hmm. and they lose to Memphis. 
And suddenly, and they had, you know, in that Memphis game, they had a chance to, to ca- recapture the, the West Division crown mm-hmm. uh, and, and couldn't do it. So, um, overall, and then, of course, there was the bowl game where they got their teeth kicked in by Army. Um, so... Now, a lot of that, you know, obviously has to do with Derek King getting hurt. Um, something the There's def- a lot. Yeah, right. We can get into the specifics of that. But, you know, there were some mitigating factors. And- sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it all fell apart in a lot of ways because of injuries. Sure. Uh, this was a team that was remarkably injured there by the end of the by the end of the season. Uh, but overall, you know, I think that Houston Cougar fans are, are going to look at the 2018 season as, as what could have been, especially sure. considering some of the talent they had on, on campus. So let's start first and foremost with what went right. Uh, what went right was pretty much everything having to do with the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense is great. 20th in the nation in S- offensive S&P Plus. Um, and they were particularly um, kind of, as you would expect, uh, this was a team that was explosive. Yeah. This was a this was a home run hitting team uh, that that did a lot that hit hit a lot of big plays uh, and the uh, you know once they turned fully uh, you know to Derek King mm-hmm. you know and they just kind of let him loose yeah he made them look great and and they hit a lot of they let hit a lot of home runs they're actually fifth in the nation in uh, in explosiveness uh, this team was really re- this team hit a lot of home runs and they did it not necessarily through the air but also on the ground too like they were they were blowing open holes and that's kind of when the when that kind of Kendall Bryles offense is working best mm-hmm. um you have loosened up the defense so much to prepare for the big play through the air right. that suddenly the rushing attack becomes even better because mm-hmm. you, you, you've got to bail out and, and cover guys out there, and that's kind of what happened. Patrick Carr had a great year. Derek King, of course, was mm-hmm. was the second leading rusher as well. Uh, this was a team that that offensively uh, was just excellent mm-hmm. all the way around. There's there's really not a whole lot to to you know not a whole lot to complain about offensively. Yeah, enough to where they before he ended up taking the Florida State, I believe he mm-hmm. went to be the offensive yeah. coordinator. Uh, they offered him a hefty extension. Like they were like, okay, yeah. cool. This is you know they obviously saw. The correlation between his hire and the offensive production, especially considering how poor the offense was last season mm-hmm. um, in 2017, and so yeah, they they originally offered and he accepted an extension before eventually going to Florida State, and we we saw kind of the right. domino effect of that on mm-hmm. the rest of the coaching staff with what happened right uh, later on. And so, in a lot of ways, look, we can complain here and there about little things about the offense but overall there's nothing the offense was was really pretty great Mm -hmm. uh for overall um so let's talk about what went wrong this is actually honestly this is a pretty easy post-mortem yeah one side of the ball was awesome the other side of the ball was miserable yeah houston's defense turned out to be one of the worst in the, the state which is incredibly shocking considering now I know he missed part of the season, but there you, go. you have the nation's most dominant defensive player. Now he was banged up. He was banged Ed up. Oliver, right. Ed Oliver was banged up so much so that, by the way, I, I guess I didn't. I don't pay a ton of attention to like all conference teams. Mm-hmm. He didn't make all conference. Yeah, not even honorable mention. Yeah, he just he, didn't play enough. Yeah. Uh, but this is a team that defensive S and P plus 106th. Okay, Ugh. behind teams like FIU, behind teams like San Jose State. Um, they were only in the state. They were only ahead of UTEP and Rice. Um, this is a, a defense that was very bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they gave up, uh, th- you know they they were kind of the thing that uh, the thing that that really killed them was that they just could not get off the field. Yeah, uh, third downs were a nightmare for this team uh, defensively. Uh, and then the other thing that that I think is really really um, uh, that kind of speaks to, to how much they needed him is that 
they really needed Ed Oliver and they needed that front seven to be great sure. because their secondary was a total liability. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a stat that's uh, called a, a havoc rate, which is basically how what percentage of plays are you making something happen? Mm-hmm. Are you making a splash type play, Whether breaking a, up a pass? Yeah, I was about or, to say pass, some some a proactive. I usually look at it yes. as a proactive stat. Yes, right. Make, it's, yeah. it's a it's a tackle for loss. Yes. A, some anything where the defense does something tangible. Yes, that's like oh they stopped the offense tackle from doing for that. loss or. Yeah. Stop them even for like a one-yard gain if you're coming up here. Right. Uh, if you look at the front seven, um, they rank 52nd. About, uh, 52nd, which is is average, but that doesn't work when you've got the best player in right. the country. That's the thing. You have it all over. You yeah, should be better. You should be better than that. And as a result, you can see that it was covering up a lot of warts because from a defensive back perspective, mm-hmm. 103rd. Gosh. The defense, the, the secondary, completely and totally let this team down in a lot of ways, and and to me, that is what's going to end up being the, the legacy of this team. This 96th in the nation in passing defense from an S and P plus perspective. This defense just was not very good. And for a comparison, uh, 2017 they were 20th. Yes, exactly. In passing S and P. Well, and you think about this uh, in a in a funny way when you think about those great Houston teams. Go back to the um, to the Peach Bowl team, mm-hmm. right? The the calling card of that team, yeah, their front seven was pretty good, but their calling card was we got a playmaking secondary that yeah. comes up with with major plays. Mm-hmm. They have now gone to the other side of that, and it's that that's that I think is very very concerning. Well, let's not forget they beat Oklahoma, yeah, and the, the that Pe- or yes. was it the the year after the Peach Bowl team, the year after Peach Bowl. last year, or, yeah, or, yeah, they beat Oklahoma like. Yeah. And looked pretty comfortable doing it. Absolutely. Like, and they were doing it because their secondary was coming up and making plays. Yeah. But now the, the secondary completely and totally let them down. Um, offensive MVP, I think it's pretty easy. It's D.R. King. It's got to be D.R. King. He looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the state. At times, the best quarterback in the state. Exactly. And you saw what happened. It was funny because like early on, mm-hmm. you kind of see they're like, all right, we're going to you know, we're gonna let you go. We're yeah. going to do these things, but we want to hold you back. And then about basically the Tech game. Yep. Cut at the, the Texas Tech game, they were just like, Screw it. We're going to let you do what you want. <laughs> You're the best player and on the field. And <laughs> King lit it up. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is that, you know, because McKenzie Milton does exist, he didn't even get – he did not get – he was second team all-conference. They right. only had uh, – they they only had – oh, I'm sorry. Ed Oliver was a first-team defensive lineman. I did not see that. But in any case, um, Marquez Stevenson uh, was a first-team offensive lineman. He was – or I'm sorry, receiver. He was easily their best offensive weapon. Um, I, I'm sorry. Ed Oliver was a uh, was okay. a uh, pick. I, I apologize. I, I overlooked that. We've just fired Greg Tepper. Yeah, I'm sorry. But he was – I mean, the thing was that he – he just wasn't on the field very much. Right. I mean, this yeah. is the guy who, um, who overall ended up only playing eight games, mm-hmm. and and honestly, it was really more like seven and a quarter. I mean, it was just kind of like he was in and out for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking for offensive MVP, I think it's easy. I think it's De'Aaron King. Sure. Defensive MVP. I mean, look, if we're talking about who the best player on the field was, there's no it's that's clear. Easy. Yeah. That's I can I can tell you right now. Is that Oliver? You, but if you also want to disqualify him for not yeah, playing I think enough, that's also fair. I, I think guess? that's fair. Uh, you can go with a guy like Austin Robinson. I think that might um, be the easy choice. The linebacker led the team in tackles. Yeah. Um, he was he was really solid. Um, a guy who, who had 128 tackles, 14 tackles for loss. Probably from a consistency perspective, if you value consistency, he's the guy. If you value who is the game changer when they're on the field, it's obviously Al Oliver. Right. Uh, but I think you could kind of go, you know, depending on what you think. Um, I would probably lean a little bit towards Austin Robinson because he was on the field more, but, mm-hmm. the, you know, your mileage may vary. Yeah. Um, so then what's ahead? Obviously, big changes. Uh, a lot going forward. <laughs> so, uh, spoiler alert, uh, yeah. coaching changes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know if you heard the news. Uh, but Houston fired Major Applewhite, and they have brought in Dana Holgerson uh, from West Virginia uh, to take over the the Cougs program. And and look, 
Uh, this is a this is a Houston program that's going to bring back a you know a lot of talent. Uh, they're bringing back Derek King. They're mm-hmm. bringing back guys who are going to be I think uh, playmaking dudes for them. Uh, you know, let's not forget they're bringing back Patrick Carr. They're running back. Yeah, and they they're going to have a lot of weapons uh, out there that I think this offense could continue to hum. My questions are going to be on the other side. Mm-hmm. I think we all, even with the kind of uh, fundamental differences. Uh, that are more stark than you think between a Kendall Bryles coached offense and a Dana Holgerson coached offense. They are they are more different offensively than you think, but they're still obviously they want to air it out. They want to be sure. uh, aggressive and push the ball down the field. Um, I think we all feel pretty good about the offense next. Oh, year, right, for sure. Uh, like like anybody's got the only question mark I have is Holgerson's never worked with a dual threat before. Mm-hmm. I think the closest one. I don't was he with. Keenum, I think he was with Keenum for his junior yeah. year, maybe. Um, he's the only mobile-ish quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't. He's not, he wasn't necessarily dual threat, but yeah, like, I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, he was mobile, um, but not not a, yeah, not, a not a threat. I don't runner. think because he got. I mean, you got Brandon Whedon, you got Geno Smith, you got yeah. Like I'm really, Geno Smith was not a runner. No, he's not a runner. I don't. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm not saying he. he I'm not saying Derek King can't do it. Mm-hmm. I think Holgerson looks at him like, "Ooh, that's shiny. I want to yeah. try that out. You know, I want to try that new car out." So that'll be f- pretty fascinating to see how he kind of schemes around Derek King for at least a season. So now, so but let's just for the sake of for the sake of argument, yeah. let's just say, all right, let's say the offense is probably going to take care of itself. Sure. Offense probably going to be a top forty offense. Right. Fair. I think that's fair. Um, the defense has got some reloading to do and mm-hmm. and and if you want to say that the secondary was young that's fair mm-hmm. they're bringing back Gleason Sprewell they're bringing back Deontay or uh, Deontay Anderson uh bringing back some guys back there but they are getting pretty much wiped in the front seven yeah. obviously Ed Oliver is going on to the NFL draft he declared before the season started mm-hmm. uh but Austin Robinson's gone Roman Brown is gone uh Emeka Egbule is gone uh, a lot of this front seven is gone and they're going to need to replace those guys and so in a lot of ways um you know the same questions we had at the end of 2018 mm-hmm. are going to end up carrying over. Sometimes they don't necessarily. Sometimes uh, the questions change. I don't think the question changes. For me, Houston's going to be probably a really, really good offense. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the defense is going to be a question mark. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. They bring in Joe Cawthon. I don't know how to pronounce his name. From Arkansas State to take over mm-hmm. the defense, I believe. Uh, Doug Belk will be co-defensive coordinator. He was with Holgerson at West Virginia uh, as a secondary or corners, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, corners coach. With, I mean, if you're looking at defense in the Big 12, you, you got you know Texas and then probably everybody else. But West Virginia was a respectable defense in the yes. Big 12 for a couple seasons. So, you know, he's bringing uh, – I was a – Joe Cawthon, Arkansas State has a, had a good defense mm-hmm. in the Sun Belt as well. It's a guy that – you know, 60 you're, you're, you're probably not going to right. You're probably not going to land a Todd Orlando, right? Mm-hmm. Someone like that who can sh- patch up this defense and have them top fifteen S and P plus immediately. Yeah. But I think you have two coaches working together that can maybe put something together. It'll it'll be interesting to see. There yeah. there may be no more interesting team in the state than the Houston Cougars. We are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. You might be saying, hey, why in the heck would I want to do that? And that's a fair question. I understand that, and I appreciate you asking it. Um, Because you get two magazines, 2018 Recruiting Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the 2019 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, mailed directly to you 
right now. We'll put the recruiting edition in the, mag in the mail. You will get the uh, 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's early in your mailbox if you sign up. Plus, you get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football team. Um, you get our program rankings, which are currently lighting the internet on fire. Um, you can get those. <laughs> all sorts of good stuff, all for the low, low price. Recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete. All, all that for the low, low price of $19.95 for an entire year. $19.95 for an entire year makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Max, let's go to the hotline and bring in, let's go way out west, bring in the new head coach of the El Paso Hanks Knights. We are joined by Coach Jason Blair. Coach, how are you? Doing great, doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing excellent. How are things in beautiful El Paso, Texas? Really, really nice. Nice and sunny. Well, good. Then nothing, uh, nothing complained about then. Uh, Coach, first and foremost, um, you know, I, I want to congratulate you on your new gig. You get the promotion uh, from uh, from offensive coordinator to uh, to the the big chair. Uh, I'm really interested in 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 kind of uh, your reaction to when you heard the news that uh, that you were going to get the job uh, left vacant by Aaron Price, who went off to a, to a college gig. Uh, super excited, you know. My my kids uh, come. They graduated from Hanks. One of them is a junior right now, so it's it's great to keep this uh, job in the family. So it was uh, a, a a time coming, but man, I was I was uh, ecstatic when it happened. You're a guy who has has been around this program for a long, long time. Obviously, you're a familiar face uh, around this program. It's not like they're bringing in some guy from from out of state or something. The the, the kids are used to you, uh, but obviously, it's a change in title, it's a change in role. Uh, when you when you addressed your team now for the for the first time, what was your message to them? I uh, keep working hard. You know, we, the last two years we've tried to establish a foundation here to turn this program around, and you know we've done a good job. You know, we've we've laid the cement down. Now it's time to build the mansion, and that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, what has the uh, you know as far as the off season is concerned? You know, we talk so much with coaches about this is uh, this is when you're laying that foundation. Um, is there any sort of uh, do do you view any sort of changes to what you're going to do in the off season, or is it just kind of steady as she goes? Uh, we're you know it's steady as she goes. We're in a we're in a really unique situation here at Hanks High School because we have uh, we have a coach by the name of Kirk Davis. Kirk Davis was a strength and conditioning coach at the University of Texas El Paso for over 15 years, and now he's down here with us, and he's been with us the last two years. So, uh, you know, he's he's a mad scientist when it comes to that stuff, and uh, I, I would venture to say and probably put money on it that nobody in, in the country has a D1 strength and conditioning coach working their off season program. So. You know, we're not going to get in and make huge changes. We just want to get more dedication, just like everybody else across the state. Um, but, you know, that's that's really where, where our ship's sailing right now. We're, we're on his shoulders, and, and uh, we really facilitate what he says. We're talking with Jason Blair, the new head coach of the Hanks Knights here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. Coach, uh, we, um, you know, we we kind of view, because there's so many coaching changes, we kind of view them kind of as transactions, but it's it's important to remember, uh, you know, that these are uh, these are job changes and major ones uh, for, for families. Uh, you are a guy who has been a longtime assistant, uh, 21 years. Uh, this is your first head coaching job. Uh, what does it mean to you? What does you know? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to your family uh, to be able to to finally ascend to the big chair? Oh, it's it's uh, like I said, super exciting. It's it's uh, you know, sitting on the other side of the desk is different. You know, where you're running, um, you know, a, a whole big program yourself. I mean, I've been a head softball coach before. I've been a head soccer coach before, so I'm familiar with that stuff. My wife is actually a principal, so we see the the administrative part of it. 
Um, but you know, everywhere I go, uh, I, you know, I have a mantra that says I want to leave it better than, than when I got here. And, um, you know, I've been around Hanks for, for so many years. Uh, it was just an honor to be able to come in and work with these kids and these families in this community. So it, it's just, it's just tremendous. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the, your 2018 nights. You guys were a squad that um, you know finished the regular season five and five, get into the playoffs, uh, bounce in the first round to a good El Paso Andrus team. Uh, I'm really interested from your perspective. This has been a program uh, that that's on the rise, a program that's that's been building towards something. How would you assess uh, your 2018 season overall? Uh, it was great. You know, we really exploded offensively. Michael Blanco. I mean, the guy's a you know leading receiver in the state. Um, you know, we had a sophomore quarterback that, you know, ended up number four and out of all sophomores in total yards was just a playmaker. A kid just lights out. Um, you know, we're in a really great situation offensively. We only lose two kids. You know, we lose a center and a tight end that was a, a partial starter for us. So everybody else comes back. Um, you know, offensively, it's going to be explosive. It's going to be exciting, just like we were last year. Um, you know, we had a lot of big plays, and our, our vertical passing game was just, I mean, it was lights out. You know, Coach Price taught me a lot about that stuff. I'm, I'm an old line guy, so, you know, I want to run the ball, you know, and, and eat up the clock. But, uh, you know, he, he really brought a different uh, aspect to my offensive style and, and being able to sprinkle that stuff in with what we're doing. Um, you know, offensive is going to be really, really good. We've got to change some things we're doing defensively, of course. Uh, want to get more physical. We want to get stronger. Um, and, you know, we constantly remind our kids is, you know, it, it's the work that you're going to put in. It's going to pay off later on. And, uh, you know, we took over this program. They were, you know, if you remember, they were 0-20. I mm-hmm. mean, they, they were just, they were not good. And uh, for us to go 5-5 five and five and say, hey, you know, everyone's done great. You know, as a coach, yes, you're happy to be in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, we've got to get in. we got to win playoff games and we got to change the mentality. And, and that's what we're working on right now. Uh, you know, it's kind of speaking from from a broader perspective. You know, when, when when people think about El Paso high school football, it's been a while since uh, you know El Paso's had a real statewide contender. Uh, you know, yes, get, getting deep. Uh, from your perspective, I'm interested as a guy who's been around El Paso high school football for a long, long time. Uh, wh- what do you think it's going to take to get El Paso uh, into a point where they're contending uh, on a statewide level? And uh, and and what what do you think is 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 kind of that that secret mix? Um, you know, we got to get buy-in from from our community. Our parents got to understand about, you know, keeping their kids and not shopping their kids around. That's kind of something that we're facing here in El Paso. You know, we got over thirty high schools here. You know, in a small city, um, so you know, we get we get kind of diluted a little bit when when kids start shopping around and see what high school they want to go to. So, um, you know, we're we're getting into our mil- our elementaries, and that's that's where I started. We want to start building that community within our community. Um, you know, get those things establish those those young programs uh you know from peewee football to you know our middle school and really get everything vertically aligned like they do in the in the smaller towns of the state of texas where those kids really all just want to go to that one high school or they, that's their only choice mm-hmm. so um, you know I'm a, I'm a product of el paso football i graduated from austin high school here I've, I've, I've been here in el paso you know got the opportunity to play in college uh when i played at utep and and it's seeing the mentality and you listen to these other guys like my teammates where they came from Dallas and Houston, that's all they knew was, was that high school. And, and I, I think El Paso kind of misses the boat on that. And um, that's something that we're going to change here. At least, you know, I can control our community and that's, that's what we're the, the, the aspect that we really got to look at there. 
One more question for Jason Blair, the new head coach of the Hanks Knights. Coach, you mentioned that you are, you know, you're you're a born and bred El Paso guy. You've got a, um, you know, you've been around this community a long time, and that, that includes your your time uh, in college as a, a star tight end uh, for the uh, for the mighty miners of UTEP. I uh, got your uh, got your college football reference page pulled up here. Forty three <laughs> catches, five hundred and seven yards, and two touchdowns uh, in your in your career there for the uh, for the pride of the whack, the UTEP miners. Coach, I, I want to ask you now. Could you still get out there and run a couple routes? Could you could you get could you give us maybe a nine route if, if we needed it? If, the, if if you know push comes to shove. Give me a week. If you give me a week, maybe I can get there. Okay, um, give, you, give you a week yeah, on the nine. Know, route. That's fine. We try to stay in shape, but man, it sometimes you know I always I tease my kids. You know, rounds are shaped too, so you know. <laughs> well, we are we are sure excited to see uh, your squad. He is Jason Blair, the new head coach of the El Paso Hanks Knights. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the new gig. Best of luck this offseason and down the road. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. There he goes, Jason Blair, the new head coach. The El Paso Hanks Knights. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a whack tight end. Yeah. 94-96. Round is a shape Round too. Round is a shape too. He ain't wrong. That's that's that's, uh, that's you know what? Something to aspire fair to, enough, honestly. Buddy. Something like that. Enough. Um but uh, appreciate him. That's a, that's a Hanks program kind of on the rise and um and, and you know he's mentioned he mentioned that uh the thing about dilution and, and that's something that when mm. I went out there, I, I was out there, boy, I want to say in the twenty fourteen summer edition. I went out to El Paso and I wrote a story. This was the year after maybe it was twenty fifteen, uh, the year after um Cantillo, thank you, made yeah. it to the semifinals. And I want to write a, a, a story about kind of the rise of El Paso high school football. What's it going to take to get them to, to the statewide uh, cons, uh, consistent uh, contention? Mm-hmm. And and I heard that a lot. I heard that you hear, guys, there's just so many high schools out here. Sure. And it's like you can't get all, like, if there, th- basically, there were a number of people I talked to, some on the record, some off, that, that more or less said, look, if we put together an El Paso all star team, like if we if we all just kind of came together and said, okay, this is the school that's going to be the football school, yeah, we'd be awesome. Like yeah. we'd be in the mix every single year. Yeah. But the bottom line is that there's just too much there's too much dilution and there's sure. you know, because you know it's the only city out there. It is, yeah. It's, it's a big it's a big city, but it's not. You right. know what I mean? Like there's a lot of schools there that you think about it. it it's something you don't think about, but like. There's only one 6A district right. in El Paso. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's only one because it's a lot of 5As. Mm-hmm. And 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 so they kind of kept it, you know, from a educational perspective, that's obviously a, a, a positive thing in, in some ways. But, uh, you know, from a football perspective, you talk with coaches out there, they say, yeah, the bottom line is it's just hard to keep kids in the same school. Uh, and so, but in any case, uh, we're excited to see what the Hanks Knights do in 2019 with their new head coach, uh, Jason Blair. Appreciate him chatting with us and now we go to max thompson for america's second favorite segment final thoughts yes yes indeed uh this is actually a question to rope in ish for uh simon man asked any notable high school football players hitting the hardwood in the playoffs this week uh Garrett Wilson, i believe is playing for like is he, or is he at ohio state no wait, no he is but yeah, that's right he enrolled early so yeah no. so he's gone um pretty sure jalen conyers is playing right yes yes gotta be it's six eight whatever he's got to be playing for Groover. <laughs> right. Yeah, the <laughs> boys are just hitting. I don't know whose season ended exactly because the playoffs are just starting. So there's probably like a bunch of you got to go players, through all those notable teams. players. I yeah. know one of the ones when I was calling the game in November for uh, Fox was Frisco Reedy, the other tight end. Um, oh, he was out for that game because they were in the playoffs then. But um, he went to Arizona State. What was his name? But I'm forgetting right now. But See, what? See, it's tough when people throw questions at you. I know randomly. Prepared. 
I know. That's, that's not fun. jerks. Yeah. That's always happens. Pretty funny. Um, yeah, I know that. I want to. I know that. You know, you I see it a lot more in the small schools. For well, sure. and the other thing, you know, what's interesting is I Nolan Matthews. That was a guy. Nolan Matthews. That's right. Yeah. Um, I went to. Um, I was watching a little bit of college baseball this weekend, mm-hmm. and um, just right. a couple of names like for this Texas Tech team. I was like, oh yeah, I remember him playing in, in, in <laughs> high school. I was like, oh yeah, that's I, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, so good. baseball, you see that as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Actually, base, baseball is funny because they usually like. Uh, they usually just like a pinch runner or something. Yeah. And so it's like they'll yeah, get a receiver. Right. It's like they don't yeah. know anything about baseball other than it's like, okay, this Run. signal means go. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Pretty much. This so, means stop. Yeah. 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 Every now and then you get a Baker Mayfield. Who's yeah. Like a, That's true. He's like an average first baseman. Yeah. He, he was on their little playoff. Or like a. Uh, uh, he was in there. Oh, God. Travis. I'm forgetting. Um, he played. F- he moved schools. Uh, oh, we mentioned Jalen Conyers. Yeah. Never yeah. mind. We said yeah. the name already. Kyler. Kyler yeah. Murray did it yeah. too. Yeah. You know, it happens. Um, Rob Hathaway asks, ever thought of doing remote TFTs from local spots? Yes. Max Thompson? Do we have. Have we? We've thought long and hard about it. It's uh, it's an unpleasant dance. I'll, here's what I'll say. The difficulty of doing it remotely is you need a hard line, mm-hmm. a high-speed mm-hmm. hard line. Uh can y- your results may vary, as Tepper right. says. Like and the real uh, is the, the, that's the biggest issue. So, like people are talking. Can't about, do Wi-Fi. Yeah, like you think about right. like like people say, oh well, like radio stations do it all the time. Well, yeah, there's a yeah. reason that they bring that van out. Yeah. Right. That that van serves as a right. satellite hard line right. that they're able to get in right. there. It's just it's very tough. Because don't get me wrong. Tomorrow we will move this studio to Heim Barbecue <laughs> for free. Yeah. Like we don't even need to be paid yeah. for it. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, we we are always exploring that kind of stuff, and yeah. that's something that, for example, we'd love to do TFT live from state. That would right. be fun. That'd be you know fun. what I mean? We have always wanted to do that, just do a morning show from state. Yeah. Uh, but uh, AT and T, and this is totally their prerogative, and it's fine. But they charge a whole lot of money. For a metric dedi- butt a, a dedicated hardline, not worth us doing a morning show. No, no. sorry, we like you guys, <laughs> but not that much. <laughs> um, we're talking, we're talking, and when we say a lot, we mean like five figures for the day. You want to chip yeah. in? Donate to the GoFundMe. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here's yeah. my Patreon. <laughs> I think it's, I think it, I think it's four figures, but still, it's it, too much. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's it's more than we're gonna pay for like for you patreon.com slash tft yeah right exactly <laughs> uh yeah if there's some sort of model or some sort of sponsor who wanted Crowd to pay fund. for in advance we've kind of looked into everything i think we sort of the grand dream is like a spring tour like this, oh, yeah. this time yeah. of year we start getting in the car and start going around the state and doing the show in different spots and talking to coaches uh but that that costs a lot of money to do all that stuff. well and it's just you know if i i the one thing I would say is that we would probably be a lot more willing to invest that money if we had the guarantee that the show is going to stream live and yep. it's going to be okay. Yeah. At that point, that's easier for us than it to say, oh, we're going to go yep. out there and hope it works. Sure. Yeah. You know, because if then we get out to Odessa and we're not able to do the show, well, then then what? You know. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. Anyway, uh, Brent Holman says, hey, hey, guys, uh, you didn't come see me at Cabela's. Dang it. That's true. I didn't. I was in the valley. I was down in the RGV. Yeah, you were. Yeah. I was. I snuck off to surprise visit my grandparents. That's where I was the last weekend. Uh, I don't have an excuse for the other two, though. I was I, spending I, time. I, hey, it was my wife's birthday, and my in-laws were in town. Yeah. That's my now, excuse. here's what. So you, you I got no excuse. I was trying to think. I was like, you're like, it was NBA All-Star Weekend. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, there's something. Now, Greg, did I – you were mentioning this before. <laughs> did you – you say your wife got rear-ended on Thursday? Thursday. 
on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Her, her favorite, favorite day. day of the year. Yeah. Her Thanksgiving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Her Thanksgiving. Damn. I was. I didn't think about it. Yeah, we were on. Uh, we were in a meeting. Yeah. You, okay. me, yeah. you, me, and Shahan were in a meeting, and we were like halfway through the meeting, and then I just got a text message saying rear end. I'm like, I gotta go. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it wasn't bad. She's okay. Hank wasn't in the car. We're all good. Uh, yeah. It's more. It's more. It's one of those inconvenient wrecks as mm-hmm. opposed to and a, a real one. bummer on your favorite holiday. If oh it's my you. gosh! Yeah, <laughs> she's just like, oh well, okay, I guess you know, maybe I get a new car out of the deal. You don't get a new car out of the deal, sweetie. We're fixing this thing. <laughs> Plus the guy, <laughs> we just guy, had a kid. No, the guy. Yeah, and the guy. The guy claimed full responsibility because he rear-ended her. There yeah, you it's go. fine. See, that's. Uh, I I kept telling her. I was like, look. Nobody likes getting in a wreck, but if you're going to get in a wreck, this is exactly how you want it to happen, yeah. which is no. there's no question as who's at fault. Mm-hmm. He's got insurance. Yeah. We're going to take care of it. And the car's Hank, not totaled. And the car's yeah. not totaled. Hank wasn't in the car. Yeah. Everyone's safe. That's yeah. that's the best. But in any case, it's, it still sucks. Uh, regarding the El Paso debate, Tony Blaylock, uh, making the, the general point that not many fi- four, five, six school ISDs have state powerhouse programs. The Austin DFW and San Antonio powerhouses all come from ISDs with far fewer number of schools, which is a, a key key distinction on why you can still get those ISDs to have powerhouses in the bigger cities, but uh, there's just so many more schools. Oh, here we go. Uh-oh. He's got one. Oh. Right, don't throw, sc- you're not going to throw out Katie. Oh. How many schools does Katie have? Yeah, but let come on. Come on. Oh. That's a different situation. Okay. We know that's a different situation. Okay, fine. The original has a stranglehold on the funnel of talent. And I'm just we, saying, I'm, that, come on. you know, how many schools are in Lake Travis? One. Lake yeah. Travis. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I do need to talk with you because that's where my brother's wedding is. And so I'm going to need advices. On so your brother's wedding is in? Spicewood. Spicewood. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to okay. need some advice. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. As you can tell, guys, the end of the show is just us. Like, I haven't seen Max in like a, in like four days, so yeah. we're just kind of. Anyway, that's gonna do for us. <laughs> Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DTTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Max Thompson and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can be your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for episode 711 on Texas Football Today.